there stands a luxurious hotel tucked away on the mountainside, the likes of which, at the time, the West Coast had never seen. But years of neglect saw the hotel fall into near disrepair. But still you book your stay, and chance would have it, you're the only one that's booked your stay. A 140-room hotel, all to yourself, an introvert's dream. That is, until the dream becomes a nightmare. The feeling of being chased down the endless empty corridors every time you close your eyes. Footsteps and heavy movement on floors above you that don't exist. Finally feeling like you can fall asleep when suddenly there's the familiar comfortable feeling of being tucked into your bed. Normally this would be welcomed until you remember you're still there, alone. You sit up in bed to see nothing, but a presence still lingers, almost physically, as you feel the bed shift beneath you. You gather your things the next morning and make your way down to the lobby and exit through the doors as the last day of the season at the Stanley Hotel. Hello, you are listening to, or so they say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. And I will admit, we've done this intro already, where before I was like, oh, it's just a really chill day, nothing to note here. And then about five minutes into recording, realized I only had, you know, 12 minutes of recording time left. So, whoops, <laughs> whoops a daisy. But we didn't get far, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, literally just the intro. So, so what did you miss? Uh, the fact that I've sat at home for a week and just watch true crime documentaries yeah the end that's that's what i've done this past week i watch house hunters renovations and judge million dollar homes as i sit in my fraction of the price home <laughs> with with litter boxes that need changed and laundry that needs done but you know what what an ugly granite countertop you chose in your million dollar home. that's fine it's whatever you know the fact that it's people's renovation but it's are more than my home i'm yeah, just like okay. and they're like oh it's not gonna go very far okay whatever mm, lol okay <laughs> oh and then i've got my chickens the chickens are going well i was saying the coop is this close to being done but because the weather keeps lying to me we keep not getting it done like it was supposed to storm all day today it has not <sighs> well i it like sprinkled and it said okay yeah <laughs> yeah it. i'm just like so i waited for what nothing Dumb. So absolutely dumb. nothing anyway yes <laughs> but now we're here and we are in colorado yeah. Co- yes i suddenly mm. was like no we're not this was about to be a weird episode no we're <laughs> definitely in colorado we are and we typically try to go for lesser known places at least that we think is lesser known and smaller towns um there are just i know there are some places that i feel like you just can't pass up though right this week if you were trying to guess where we would go um we did kind of go for the obvious this time only because we've we know of it i would hope if you're listening to this type of podcast you probably at least heard of it yeah but um we couldn't honestly can't say we knew why it was haunted though so we figured why not cover it? Let's go for the big ones. So why not? Which where is still, are we? It's still in a small town. It's uh, Estes Park, Colorado, and we are at the Stanley Hotel. And if you don't know by its formal name, this is the hotel that inspired Stephen King's The Shining. Yes. So that's where that comes from. And <laughs> it seemed obvious, but um, if you're, I don't know, I didn't know why it was haunted. No, I just know that it's where The Shining was inspired, yeah. and that's and I think where he might have written it. I don't know for sure, but no, it just it was the inspiration for it. But that's about all I knew. So, hmm. yeah. So let's hear a little bit about. Uh, I guess are you going to start with the town first? Yeah, we. You know what? We're like slowly getting back in the swing of things that we just sort of implemented so you know what it's a learning curve for all of us and especially with the one episode that 
me and Brianna did. It was just so out of the norm. We didn't do oh. our, we didn't do the the city stats and stuff, the demographics and the what have yous. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're gonna do that this time well, with I'm Estes back Park, and I'm here to get us back on track. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> Yay! As the baby hangs out in the other room with Maddie, she is, I'm sure, just devastated that she has to hold this child. I know. <laughs> She's having a terrible time. As that. long as she stays quiet, Maddie right. and the baby. Right. <laughs> Maddie <I'm> especially. <laughs> anyway, tell us a little bit about uh, Estes Park. Is Estes Park, yes. yes. Okay. Okay. So as of the 2022 census, there are 6,552 people living in Estes. So like a tenth, a, a tenth of the size of Terre Haute. It's oh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it is a small town. But I'm sure, unfortunately, I don't think I got like the square mileage, but I feel like it's, if you count the mountains and stuff, there's much less people per square mile. Yeah. Even because some places they're so compact, and I don't think this is the case. That would make sense. And in, in, you know, contrast to the other places we've done, the population has actually been growing at Estes Park at 0.65% annually. Okay. And the population has increased 9.99% since the most recent census, which recorded a population of 5,957 in 2010. Okay. So that's a pretty good jump. Isn't Colorado, the state itself, more progressive, I guess? Yes, people are, I feel like a lot more people are kind of going out to Colorado, especially out here in the Midwest, you you get away and you either go east or you go west. You don't stay in the middle. And I feel like Colorado's a big one. Oregon's a big one. Mm-hmm. Florida's a big one. Everyone just kind of scatters to the winds, just not here. <laughs> yeah. So the more progressive states are maybe not Florida, but whatever. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Florida's where you retire. Okay, so the average household income in Estes Park is seventy four thousand one hundred seventy or one hundred forty four thousand dollars. So that's pretty, I think, pretty good. Yeah, I, I got. Go ahead. I was just trying to think: is it is that individual or it's it just says household? Average household income, yes. I feel like that's low for that area, but let's let's see the national average household income so i went to some tangents as i was doing this research so the av- the median household income in 2020 was 67,000 okay so they so they are over the average okay for some reason i was thinking that was really close to average but the, i mean 10,000 more is yeah that's a good chunk of change yes and the poverty rate there is 8.33%, which for some reason I feel like we've never highlighted. And I went down a rabbit hole. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, because I'm like, what does that even mean? Like 8.33% of the population is in poverty, right? Yes. Yeah. But do you mind? Do you mind if I sidestep real quick? I'm oh, so- <laughs> as long as we can keep it reined in a little bit. <laughs> I will keep it reined in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so... I, for some reason, saw the 8.33. I said, okay, well, what is the average? Because again, all these numbers mean nothing to me unless I have averages. So I found, I actually didn't put the the source here. My apologies. But it said the month, monthly poverty remained elevated in February 2022 with a 14.4% poverty rate for the total U.S. population. Oh. So almost double Estes. So like, they're low. But in 2022, it was a 14.4%, and that was a slight decrease from the 14.7% in January of 2022, Uh, but a continuing spike from the December 2021 poverty rate of 12.5%. So it went up 2.2% in two months' time. Yes. So then I took another detour, and the official poverty rate in 2020 was 11.4%. So it has jumped almost 5%, Mm -hmm. or sorry, uh, 4% in how many years? Two years. Mm -hmm. And that was up 1% from the 10.5% in 2019. So we went from 2019 at a 10.5% poverty rate to 2022 to a 14.7 poverty rate and it is just rising consistently rising and this is the first in 
as of 2019, that was the first increase in poverty after five consecutive annual declines. And I think I took another segue and said the Federal Reserve reports U.S. corporate poverty. So, no. Do I want to take it here? I do want to take it here. Poverty rates are going up. I'm sorry. I'm just so annoyed because I saw something topical today Um, that it's just like, why are people, why is there less money to go around, but yet more billionaires around? And that's because the Federal Reserve reports U.S. corporate profits have surged 25%, which is the biggest annual increase in close to 50 years. Oh, yeah. Corporations have a 25% increase in profits. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and I, it's how far did I want to take it? <laughs> the left is saying higher taxes are necessary. The right is saying Let's just blame everybody. I'm going to go ahead and say, use your common sense here and say, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Uh, And that's all I want to say on that. I could go further, but I'm very annoyed because actually you want to know where I found a lot, most of those bullet points? Where? Fox. Oh, like this is something to be proud of. Not even that. So they were saying how it's an issue, but literally towards the end, if you want me to, I took a quote. I said the left is saying higher taxes on corporations are necessary because they just saw a quarter increase in profits. Uh-huh. The right, because I don't feel comfortable saying Republican and Democrat anymore because really that's almost non-existent mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Uh, say, quote, best calls for inflation lies in the policy choices of this this administration. So saying that this is all the administration's fault, all of these numbers, uh, which makes perfect sense if you can't hear the dripping sarcasm. Yeah. So it's let's just sit back and blame everybody instead of changing things. Yeah, that will surely fix it. It's just point fingers until somebody dies. Pretty much. Pretty much. They're just like, man, things just keep getting worse let's just blame everybody i I mean i don't know what else we could possibly do like certainly not make any changes let's say who who would take action here i mean how could we sorry (laughs) that's i won't go any further because lord knows i could listen well so point is estes park does luckily have about half almost half the poverty rate of the u.s average which is right now i'm sure around 15 percent, if not more yeah, but their population is smaller, so for them to have 8% is still significant. It's significant, but still better. I don't know. It's... <sighs> I it, Guys, it's I started getting heated looking it up, I swear. The never going to be zero. It's no, never going to be zero. It's not, and it sucks, but it be like that. Yeah. So... Anyway, sorry. Thank you for letting me take that little uh, trip. Thanks for taking that little trip with me. <laughs> I brought you back. We, I'm reeling you back in. So. Listen, this is not <laughs> that information is not why we're here to make this podcast. But you know what? I still have opinions aside from ghosts. So mm, there. <laughs> Let's bring it back. The median rental costs in recent years comes to eight hundred and thirty five dollars per month. That's the that, average rental cost. That's lower I think right. it is. I think it is lower. Yeah. Because I want to say the national average is around like 1000 Yeah. to 1200 somewhere in there. Something I like think. that. Yeah. So it is lower. And the median house value is $413,000. You might as well just rent. Yeah. $413,100 is the median average house value. I guess. That yikes yeah and like so because i went on that little segue i don't we don't want to spend too much time on stats so i probably wouldn't have gone further anyway but like i could have talked about the cheapest houses versus the most expensive houses because median is really what you know right if you have when there's a two million dollar home sitting over there a 1.5 million dollar home and the rest is four hundred thousand and less well yeah there go your numbers yeah anyway the median age in Estes Park is 61.3 years old. They're old farts. That, that's the average. That is old, yeah. That is very old. <laughs> okay. And older women, 60.1%, six, sorry, 60.1 years for males, 61.8 for females. So, younger men. Get it, ladies. Younger, quote unquote. <laughs> they're all old. I know. <laughs> And the last little tidbit I'll touch on is our favorite, the demographics. Oh, good. <laughs> yes, like the, the racial demographics. Do you want to take a stab? 
at Colorado. We already know. It's she white. White as the snow on the mountain. (laughs) So 98.59% white. Mm -hmm. Two or more percent, or sorry, two or more races is 0.64%. Okay. Native American, 0.49%. Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander is 0.22% other race is 0.06%, so like a sibling, uh-huh. and then zero black or African-American, zero Asian. Wow. She what? Dang, that's surprising. I, mm-hmm. I, it's surprising, yes, because that was my initial reaction Well, was again, again, we could go down this whole rabbit hole, but as we've heard, poverty rates are lower. Yeah. Uh, median household incomes are higher mm-hmm. the median house prices are higher who do we tend to see more impoverished right not white people yeah so it all it all fits it's all there it's right in there it's right <laughs> right in front of our faces. right there <laughs> so that's i mean it just sounds like a white middle class place where they've got something fancy like the stanley hotel to go stay in yeah i get yeah i guess so (laughs) i feel like i'm pooping all over colorado and estes park i'm really not i'm pooping on a capitalist society right because honest i i don't know colorado's not like in my top places to visit but i wouldn't mind visiting i don't think i'm doing the the weird petty thing where i'm like everyone's going to colorado now so i don't want to (laughs) go That's why I said to visit. I have no intentions of wanting to ever live there. True. I mean, I I would be nice to visit. Some places, like, I genuinely don't have a, you know, an urge to go see California. I don't know why. I like the East Coast better, personally. Yeah. I still, uh, again, I'll visit California. Like, we've talked about it. Just to say I did. Yeah. But um, not any, it's not something I'm jumping on. I'm definitely also for the east coast I yeah. <laughs> right new england states oh gosh god i love a good colonial take me there <laughs> i know <laughs> okay Whew. let's talk about less scary things like ghosts shall we so oh, uh-huh. oh, we're not talking about the ghosts now i have to talk about the hotel say, you're not talking about ghosts <laughs> listen i want to i want to get to the ghosts i said i'm all heated i gotta calm down with something a little less uh controversial scary. like go- a little less scary like not <laughs> not economic standings but ghosts well tell us about the building first and then i will calm your nerves with, you. some, <laughs> with some spirits okay so the stanley hotel is famous for its old world charm this is coming directly from the stanley hotel's website btw okay Multiple renovations have restored this 140-room hotel to its original grandeur while offering over 14,000 square feet. Okay. Wonderful. That that seems small. I don't know. Well, with 140 rooms, 14,000 each room. Well, no, they're not going to average 1,000 because I'm sure they have, like, banquet rooms. So, really, it is, like... Maybe on the, because if you count like banquet rooms Mm -hmm. and the lobby and all of that, like. It just seems so much more grand. grand. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry we did it in unison. unison. It's fine. This is. Did you purposely wait a second to say in unison? Yes. I did kind of. (laughs) I lagged a little there. That's all right. So 1,400 square feet. Oh, I like stopped mid sentence. Of sophisticated meeting and event space equipped with modern amenities. Oh, man. <laughs> Whoops, it easy. So there you go. It's while off, oh my goodness, you know, if I could have just finished a single thought. So it's 140 rooms while offering over 14,000 square feet of sophisticated meeting and event space equipped with modern amenities. There we go. Silly me. It's a large it hotel. It is. There, there she is. <laughs> my goodness. Oh. Only an hour away from Denver, it is the ideal destination for your Colorado getaway. Is it, though? I don't know. You'll have to tell me later. (laughs) Estes Valley was once a wild, lonely parkland known only to wandering tribes of, uh uh-oh, Ute and Arapaho, which I'm assuming are Native American tribes that I just butchered the names of, and I'm so sorry. Sorry. Whoops, (laughs) amazing. When the Earl of Dunraven visited in 1872, where is Dunraven? Goodness. That sounds grand. I want to go there. Fancy. 
He coveted this, quote, sportsman's paradise of rushing streams and peaceful meadows teeming with fish and game. Good for him. He sought to keep the valley to himself as a private hunting preserve. Of course he did. Rude. Uh, but as many, sorry, as more and more American settlers were drawn by its natural beauty, he realized that this dream could never be a reality. Oh, man. He could never have her. <laughs> <laughs> the story of the Stanley Hotel itself began in 1903 when, this is what, when Yankee inventor Freeland Oscar Stanley, I don't, I, is it a, I don't, is that an okay word to use? I guess so. It's on the Stanley's website. I that doesn't mean it's okay but i think because it's, it's the time for, it's the time for like i suppose when you talk about like confederacies you talk about confederates and just yankee yeah. feels like a little more icky for some reason it's not a fun word to say no no let's not linger so anyway freeland oscar stanley arrived in the valley weak and underweight from the symptoms of consumption no. <laughs> dang <laughs> Uh, to his amazement, just one season here was enough to restore his health to better than before. Wow. Wow. Natural healing. He was our first holistic <laughs> healer. Just sat in the sun for a while. Yeah. The south facing building, of course. <laughs> Overjoyed, he vowed to return each summer for the rest of his life. That's a commitment. That is. However, he and his wife, Flora, were used to sophistication of East Coast society, and the little community of Estes Park offered little, oh my goodness gracious folks, offered little to stimulate and challenge this multi-talented genius. That's very, uh, um. he thinks very highly of himself. <laughs> Together, they resolved to build a beautiful grand hotel, and when the Stanley Hotel opened in 1909, the first guests who pulled up in stylish Stanley-designed steam cars were astonished at what they saw. So this dude really, like, went all out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got drama in somehow. I suppose. Here in this mountain wilderness, surrounded by the rustic haunts of the hunter and homesteader, was an edifice that withstood comparison to the posh hotels, quote, back east. So, yeah. <laughs> Electric lights, telephones, ensuite bathrooms, a staff of uniformed servants, and a fleet of automobiles were at their disposal in 1909. Dang. Yeah, no, like, he really went above and beyond, didn't he? Goodness. <laughs> Naturally, Stanley had also done much to develop the burgeoning town by 1917 it was an official municipality with waterworks a power plant and civic organizations that were all in some way thanks to stanley so this dude was pretty you know full of himself a but businessman like, but a businessman yeah he definitely as what's the word i'm looking for as like annoying as he sounds like he obviously did a lot oh I don't know a word you're... I would say entrepreneur, but... No, like something douchey. Oh. I don't know. know. (laughs) By the 1970s, the hotel's splendor had faded due to lack of care and investment. It may have eventually... It may... Might have eventually... Whoa. They wrote that weird. That's not me for once. It might have eventually have succumbed to the wrecking ball. Is that right? Yeah, that's too many halves. If not for a fortuitous visit by author stephen king wow a, <laughs> a stay of one night was enough to inspire his third major work and first hardcover bestseller the shining i didn't realize it was that early on in his writing oh yeah i didn't either but i'll tell you about it i'll give you more details on that yeah and the shining remains a landmark masterpiece in a long and well-known list of novels uh asterisks on my part although problematic novels we're not going to go into that either (sighs) so i mean we like stephen king but we also don't like early stephen king little icky it's uh, that was the cat Um, (laughs) it's hard to read slash watch depending i guess they don't include a lot of the bad stuff right well there there are things that he apologizes for what he wrote now but also i'm like even back then it wasn't really cool i say some of that stuff is, is not okay ever like when you watch <laughs> scary movies and they do things just for shock value and you're like that was gross and i didn't like it it was kind of like that for the books yeah I don't know. Miso, if you touch that microphone stand one more time, she is obsessed. I know. Oh, now she's coming after mine. Goodness gracious. (laughs) We're not cutting any of this. She's obsessed with me. I see. Like, I 
you've seen her you i have to stretch her every day and then she crawls up on my shoulder and we walk everywhere i can't hold you right now <laughs> like i'm i might try in a minute hold on oh, i'm almost Lord. done <clears throat> sorry i should grab my leggy okay the hotel stands today anyway Stephen King, you're still fine, I guess. Just your works? Mm, questionable. <laughs> the hotel stands today as a beautifully restored testament to its glory days when it served as a holiday retreat for wealthy urbanites. A range of tours highlights the history of this magnificent historical structure while a tempting menu of amenities, culinary experiences, and lavish spa treatments provide all the comfort and glamour required by even the most discerning modern visitors. We invite you to partake in all the Stanley has to offer and hope that when you visit, you will be able to feel the mantle of time slip away and see the hotel as it once stood. I think Stephen King wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> to find out more about the history, haunting, and the hotel's connection to Hollywood, join one of their daily tours. Or just sit back and keep listening because Megan has the haunting stuff. I do, yes. So that was a mouthful. I apologize to people for my little... uh rants here and there politically charged rants but like i said we're humans we have opinions i got all worked up and i'm sorry so you're forgiven listen watch our numbers just skyrocket now move on with our lives (laughs) we can talk about the cat and ghosts people like that again i feel like how true crime and supernatural kind of like hold hands like ghosts and all that cats are in that mix also Oh, yeah. like the the Venn diagram of people who like true crime and ghosts and cats is a circle. Oh, That's it. I know. <laughs> I know. And now your cat is hanging out with me. Oh, Please. you gotta come back here. I'm done reading now. Be, just ah, be respectful of my surroundings. <laughs> You're not okay. Let's hear about some ghosts. Okay, so I will go ahead and start with um, the Stephen King information. That since you kind of left off. Close to the end of your information. Yeah. That. So we'll just start with that. My information's coming from UncoverColorado.com. Ooh. And I forgot to see when this was written, but whatever. It's fine. It's relevant. Uh, they, it was very detailed, lots of history, but they also covered a lot of the haunted stuff and the ghosts. So we love to see it. Yeah. The hotel, again, opened this cat. I know. Come here, ma'am. Come here. (sighs) Lordy. Anyway, they said that when it opened in 19... (laughs) Thank you. When it opened in 1909, the guests were marveling at the palatial structure in front of them. Ooh, ah. And it gives... We'll share some pictures of, like, the actual grounds. That's why when you said 14,000 square feet, I was like, no way, fam. right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll show you. Anyway came with all the fancy amenities it was for the elite we they loved it come in and check it out for decades it was seen as very posh exclusive uh destination place to go mm-hmm. uh just to get away from daily lives but in 1970s the building itself actually started to deteriorate pretty badly Hmm. Uh, it was due to years of neglect, lack of investment. Uh, people stopped coming. They're like, oh, my God, no. I guess so. I feel like they had to have been neglecting it way before that. Then, Like, it just doesn't happen overnight. Well, that's we're coming up on. That would have been just over what six if it opened in 1909 1970 well it was the 1970s yeah so, so 60, 60 plus some years. years 60 some years at some point it started to go downhill i suppose and they could have demolished it which would have been very sad except one fateful night mm-hmm. or day uh, uh whatever <laughs> uh it involved a famous author who booked room 217 and forever changed the history of the stanley hotel yes now, he happened to, he booked this room. I don't know if he booked it knowing this at the time, but room 217 is known to be haunted. That Uh-oh. is the room that Stephen King stayed in. I feel like, given the circumstances, it had to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time, so this was the 1970s. Like you said, you didn't realize it was that early on. Yeah. I didn't either. I didn't realize it was written that early. But at the time he was actually working on the stand in boulder colorado oh (laughs) and one weekend they just just took a break and they decided to go stay here at 
uh, the Stanley Hotel just to get away from their kids and to relax. This dude just can't not write a banger. I don't know. He explained that it was the last day of the season that it would be open and then they were actually closing Mm -hmm. for the season. So they were able to book the room and because it was the last night, they were the only guest in that hotel. And that's and I did read that in my research, and that's why I say I feel like given the circumstances, he had literally any room that he could have booked, and that's the one he got. I feel like he probably had to know a little bit. Or he asked them and said, because they know who he was, they're like, hey, Ooh, you'll want the this room. One. Yeah, yeah, you'll want this room. Um, and we'll get there later. That's actually, they could have put him in better places if he wanted, like, super spooky experiences. Oh. Allegedly, supposedly. So they spent some time in the restaurant, the bar. They got to look around the hotel. They really, no one to stop them or intervene. Uh, and also it's Stephen King. He's well established at this point. So yeah. Then they retire to room 217. Uh, this is where he actually has a lucid nightmare. Not a dream, a nightmare. Mm-hmm. He dreamt that a coiled fire hose came to life and was chasing his son down the halls of the hotel. That's just so... I wonder if he had the salmon for dinner. I don't know. (laughs) Well, and you think about when I have nightmares and then I try to explain them later, I'm like, it doesn't sound scary, but trust me, it was really scary. (laughs) Man, there was one night I woke up. I think I told you, did I talk about on one of these episodes, the dream that I had, the crazy like girl trapped in the radio dream? No, I eh, I don't think it was on episode. I think you just told me over the phone. <laughs> Y'all, maybe I'll remember to tell you sometime. I don't want to keep taking up too many segues, but like I did there not often do I wake up and like write things down in a panic, but I grabbed mm-hmm. my phone and started typing away because that was the closest thing <laughs> to me and it's 2022. Man, when I woke up the next morning and read my dream, it weirded me out. Yeah. I mean, like you just heard me say the premise is a little girl trapped inside a radio. Yeah. So like, no, thank you. <laughs> well, and in this case, yeah, it was a coiled fire hose, which not super scary. But when it's your own kid and you see them screaming and running for dear life through the halls, that prob- that would probably scare you. Right. Depending on everybody's the whole situation, it depends, you know? Yeah. So he wakes up in a panic. He ends up chain smoking some cigarettes. And As you do. Uh, this freaking cat. <laughs> Miso, you're about to get banished. Anyway, so he took a break, smoked some cigarettes, was really thinking about it, and thus the idea of The Shining started to come to him. Mm-hmm. And that night inspired that the book itself, and it's the hotel's influential creepy occurrence. So the connection to King and his terrifying night there is what brought on the idea of The Shining and influenced the book didn't i read that like he had essentially the outline of the story done that night like that in that day he was there or like he had the bones of it in his head because he actually ended up going into the bar and talking to the bartender which i think his name was grady because that's the name he uses yeah i think it's in the book too see i've never actually read the shining i've just seen it yeah so um and i've only seen it once so i don't have a vast knowledge <laughs> well that room 217 the has reportedly been haunted long before the 1970s so even in a short time of being open just a couple of decades it had uh, already taken on this idea of being haunted okay so specifically we can jump all the way back to june 25th 1911 so very early two on. years two years after the sucker opened so the valley that Estes Park is in experienced a flood. And at the time, the hotel was only two years old and the power actually went out in the entire hotel. Dang. And Stanley, Freeland Stanley, took it upon himself to install gas lanterns in each room to provide the guests with a light. And the leak actually ended up causing a buildup of gas to form in room 217. Ah. Now, this is... It's not funny. The head chambermaid, her name was Elizabeth Wilson. She actually went into the room and lit a candle. Oh, crap. And uh, an explosion went off. That's not the funny part. Um, She miraculously survived, but was launched from that room, 217, all the way to the dining hall on the first floor. Holy crap. 
Yeah. An estimated 10% of the hotel wasn't as lucky as one observer reported seeing a bathtub flying into the air during the blast. I mean, this was almost comical the way it exploded. Yeah. Which I laughed a little bit. I'm just picturing this bathtub just and her flying down the stairs. Did it just like launch her through the floor? It doesn't say specifically how she got there. And plus, I'd have to see a layout of the hotel where room 217 is. For we know, 217 is at the top of the steps or something. Yeah, she could have got thrown down the stairs. But the fact that she got thrown an entire flight of stairs and a bathtub was thrown into the air. Yeah. uh, It was a freaking nightmare. It actually knocked her into a coma is what happened dang and she ended up leaving but she came back to work for the stanley in 1913 and (laughs) ended up being employed until 1950 (laughs) ma'am i don't know if i could have gone back to work after that i'll be honest with you yeah that would have sucked well and you would think that's where her story ends, but a lot of people believe, even though she didn't die in the hotel, they a believe bit of her soul blasted out. <laughs> yeah, they believe that her spirit is still there and inhabits room 217, which is Maybe. the room that he stayed in. Yeah. But she's more helpful than scary. Is what guests and staff well, say. Well, that's good, at least. So, guests have shared stories about waking up in a room that was tidier than the night before when they went to bed. I feel like I've heard of that. Clothes will be folded. Suitcases will be organized. One couple even said that their bed was made around them during the night while they slept. Like, oh. they were tucked in and... Yeah. I don't like that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, But take note, if you're considering staying in the hotel and you aren't married, you may not have the most restful night's sleep in room 217. Oh. Unmarried couples have reported a chilling presence settling into bed with them as they've slept. Ew. Is it if they're doing, you know, premarital bad things? Doesn't say, but... I feel like it leads you to believe it's like, if you're unmarried and you do unmarried, or you do married things, you know... That's not your marital bed. Right, exactly. Anyway, so that's, that's just room 217. Yeah. Now, Stanley, the Freeland Stanley, the owner, he actually died in 1940 at the age of 91, but like Wilson, like Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. it's believed that his present is also presence is also seen and felt and maybe it's just because like in their living time like that's where most of their energy was say that they were dedicated even she was dedicated to come back and work that long after suffering that type of yeah like that's insane i just being in a coma and i don't know if i could i don't know whatever obviously she really loved her job and loved the work that she did But they believe that you can find Stanley or his presence mainly in the bar and in the billiard room. Okay. The phantom of his wife, Flora, has a penchant for tinkering around the hotel's piano as well. And that's multiple people have said that. I don't know how they know it's Flora. Right. Well, I'm sure there's probably pictures of the namesake somewhere, you know. Yeah. And depending on with that explosion, they didn't say if other people had been injured or killed or anything like that so i don't know where these other spirits or ghosts come from but the hotel tour guides believe there is a ghost of a child with autism there that that is so specific yeah and they play with people's hair that's okay so this is the one this is what I said they could have put Stephen King in a, a better place of the hotel, I guess, depending on how active Elizabeth is in room 217. I don't know. They said that the fourth floor tends to be the most haunted mm-hmm. and that um, they people have shared stories of hearing children's laughter, even though there's nobody there or there's no kids there. There is a tour supervisor that claims... Uh, that she was mysteriously made ill on the floor, on this floor, in mm-hmm. 2021. Or oh. in 20, I'm sorry, in a 2021 interview, she said that okay. on the fourth floor, she became very ill. I mean, we know, we know that can be true, given old sick McGee in the other room gets sick every time we go somewhere. Not it everywhere, but... the Rotary Jail. Yeah. Got yeah, for very, some reason, like, she's really 
prone to like physical responses to places yeah well when it happened i felt a little nauseous almost like seasick feeling there as well so it happens yeah don't dismiss those things it could be right it doesn't always have to be physical evidence like literally the way that you feel is just as much evidence yeah and of course this the stanley hotel as famous as it is we could not get away from ghost adventures and ghost hunters have actually been here as well (laughs) it doesn't surprise me ghosts they've been everywhere that's the problem yeah um there's other things that make this a little creepy which i should have looked this up i don't know when stephen king wrote this but there is an on-site pet cemetery oh where the owner's animals have been laid to rest over the years uh there's one in particular cassie Uh, she is a friendly golden retriever oh yeah and she is said to still deliver newspapers and scratch at the doors to be let in outside despite being buried on the grounds so well i mean at least it's i i would love a dog ghost a happy dog like a stupid golden retriever stupid Mm -hmm. happy not stupid okay Uh, i just want a dog okay a good girl even in the afterlife good for her (laughs) doing her duty there's also a large cave system that's located under the hotel. So you're probably asking yourself, why does a hotel need a cave system? Well, there's a good reason. I, I'm sorry, I was like waiting in suspense. <laughs> oh, I, I assumed you would ask. I'll well, go ahead no, and tell I was you. also looking. Pet Cemetery was published in November of 1983. So Very plausible. Well. Could yeah. have happened. Could have put it there in the back of his mind and thought about it later. Anyway, the reason is that the early days of the hotel, it was seen as unprofessional for staff to be seen by guests. So the employees had to use the underground pathways to get around. Interesting. Now it's like anytime you walk in somewhere, it's like, isn't there any, isn't there any employees around here that can help me? Like everybody wants somebody. Yeah. I would use the caves just to hide from people. I know. Where are these caves again? (laughs) Uh I don't know how you would get... I don't know if they're still used. It didn't say. I don't know. But I just don't like people. <laughs> they're said to be a ghost of a pastry chef pastry chef that haunts the caves. Do they leave pastries about? Not pastries, but an inexplicable scent of baked goods is frequently reported well, that's down just there. a tease. It, <laughs> I love a good baked good. Don't taunt me. <laughs> Now, the creepiest room in the hotel is, according to some, is said to be room 401, and it's thought to be haunted by a male ghost. Okay. Women claim that they were inappropriately touched by an unknown presence while standing in the room's closet. Gross. Which kind of freaks, I don't know, that like... Like in the um, closet, it's almost, yeah, being in an enclosed space is already bad enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a man claims that he witnessed his wedding ring move from the bathroom counter and fall down the drain of the sink in the bathroom mm. without being like no one was around. <laughs> it just went and fell in. No, thanks. Down the hall in room 407, multiple people have reported odd experience of being tucked into bed. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe it's the golden retriever. I, I don't know. Or Elizabeth just I don't know. Maybe she wanders the whole hotel. We don't know. <laughs> Others felt someone sit on the foot of the bed, only to find nothing but an indentation on the covers. We love that. Mm-hmm. Room 428. Some have seen the vision of a cowboy looming over the bed as they slept. Mm-hmm. Or he stands in the corner and watches you. Oh, God, <laughs> I hate that. That gives me very, like, what is that? Either the Babadook or Hereditary vibes where she's like, Oh, ew. right. Sorry. <laughs> well, and then others. Um, oh, now you made me lose my spot. I'm sorry. Sorry. They people have reported hearing strange sounds like furniture being moved or footsteps coming from above them. The only problem is there are no other floors above the fourth floor. Ooh. So that's just coming from the ceiling like you hear shifting and moving and footsteps. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So, even with its paranormal reputation, the Stanley is still a beautiful place. People still visit, uh, book it. They go there for the tours. They have the haunted tours. You know what's wild to me? I bet there are people that stay there just like, this looks like a nice hotel and have no idea. 
Very possible. But there are a lot of people, just because it's so well known, they just have so many people that travel from literally all over the world hoping to experience something have a weird dream like Stephen King did or That's to true, see yeah. something unexplainable. They want to see these things happen. So if you do see something there and you think that, uh, you know, you've experienced something, they say that the fourth floor, uh, you want to request to be on the fourth floor because that's where you're most likely going to experience something. Mm-hmm. That's if you can, though, because, again, while it was going downhill fast Stephen King really revived it and obviously it still has the draw today 50 years like my god 50 (laughs) years later Uh, how old is Stephen King he's in his 70s or 80s isn't he he has to be I don't know now oh sorry we're doing this look up (laughs) Stephen King how old are you Steve Wow, 74. Yikes. He was born in 1947, so he was in his 20s, late 20s to 30s when he was... What am I doing? I want to know what I'm doing, truthfully. What are we even doing with our lives? We're making a a subpar podcast. Hey. Listen, we like it. You guys like it because you're still here, we hope. (sighs) Sorry, I saw the people also search for. Did you know that R.L. Stein is 78? Oh, I don't know what R.L. Stein looks like. Like Stephen King, I can picture. What? I know. I'm sorry. You'll know him when you see him. Hold well, on. Let me see. Come on. R.L. Stein. Uh-huh. What? Cussie. He looks like... I don't know. He wrote all the goosebumps. I know, but he just, just doesn't... He's... Not the same familiar face. I don't know. I'm sorry. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Man. Oh, goodness. Anyway, uh, I tried looking up. I I found that if we're doing experience and it's not somewhere that we can go firsthand, uh, not right away, then I've found that like going to reviews on places mm-hmm. helps. Unfortunately... There's so many for the Stanley, and it was just people quickly writing, beautiful place, lovely stay, comfy beds. Like, I said, no, we know what you're here for. We want ghosts. Right. But I couldn't sift through all the reviews. It was mostly just quick little, we had a good time. You should visit. (laughs) So. Well, I would like to. Dang. But it sounds like either you could book 217, they do say it's haunted, and you get to say that you stay in the room that Stephen King stayed in, Mm -hmm. or... You could practically grab any room on the fourth floor and probably experience something, it sounds like. Yeah. So that covers pretty much all the hauntings or the, um, I say, most prominent hauntings of the Stanley Hotel. Which, it's nice. It's actually different than the usual stock. You hear voices. You see a woman in white. (laughs) It's a lot of physical things i mean if you have spirit strong enough to move a ring off a counter or to tuck you into bed or play with your hair things like that i feel like those have to be pretty strong spirits yeah have a lot of energy if you will yes indeed see i would go to colorado stay at the stanley hotel oh i would yeah 100 percent. definitely go um i've always been interested and loved horror movies and the horror genre and my Mm -hmm. husband is even bigger into that than i am so i'm sure he would not say no to a vacation i think horror is all four of our favorite genres oh yeah as far as movies or books or all of the above uh movies mostly movies yeah she gets into whole kinds of books i don't even know where to start with that (laughs) Yeah, I think horror movies are definitely my favorite. Books, not so much. I'm just not a big reader. I'm sorry. And it's not... I'm just like, I don't read well. (laughs) I can't read. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Listen, I can't. I do like reading. I just... I have not read a good book in a while. I just need to sit down and... We got those creepy ones. I'll let you read those spooky ones that we read around Halloween. Yes. What was it? Come Closer was a weird one. 
Uh, All I remember is Tender as the Flesh. I was going to say, free plugs, come closer, Tender as the Flesh, to be devoured. Oh, (laughs) Oh, man, there's some... If y'all want book recommendations. Yeah, shoot. Maddie started keeping a whole notebook of books to review so she has a page of like books she liked books she didn't like she has a whole section in this notebook of just uh pages for scathing reviews to say how bad books were honestly not a bad idea i need to like get back into i know now that i have this child i'm limited on the things i can do just because i have to watch her and take care of her until she can is it book club time (sighs) i've you guys, I'm embarrassed to say, I'm not embarrassed. You know what? Forget it. Yeah. I've had quite a few book clubs and I had fun in them. <laughs> and just all the places I've worked, I always end up starting some type of book club. I'm like, hey guys, or read a book? just with a group of friends. We were all reading the same books at one point. We were, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, start. let's start a book club, you guys, all of our listeners. Let's we'll do let an, you know what we're reading. Or so they say book club and we can all talk about it. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> We've segued again. That's the end of the Stanley Hotel, I believe. Oh, quick, here comes Miso. Wrap it up, folks. Christ, this cat. Okay. Um, that's going to cover it for this week. So next week, are we, we're headed east, for sure. We're going yeah, to, way east. Yeah, we're heading all the way to the other side to Connecticut. Connecticut. Ooh. Oh, Connecticut's so pretty. I still stand uh, by. It's probably the prettiest state I've been in. I've never been. Wonderful. You stayed Wonderful. or just drove through? Uh, Just drove through. Just drove through. Oh, okay. That's wonderful. Well, I'm sure it's just chock full of haunted places. It be- shoot, it better be. As old as it is, let's... <laughs> Let's see what we can find. I honestly don't know uh, a ton about Connecticut, so I'm excited. And I get to do the history next week. So if you have been to Connecticut and have any guesses or want to tell us about haunted places in Connecticut that we probably, if we don't cover it next week, tell us about it and uh, hit us up on our social media because we're always looking for new haunted places. If it's somewhere we could potentially visit or talk about, we're here for it. Heck yeah. And then we'll let you know about our book club and how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll discuss. We're working on it as we speak. As soon In as this we, moment, as we've soon suddenly as we decided. Recording, <laughs> we're deciding right now. We're starting a book Going club. Going straight to Maddie. What do you want to read? Can't wait. But <laughs> we'll see you next week and we'll update you on book club. We'll see you then. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsotheysaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at orsotheysaypod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash orsotheysaypod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See See you next week. week.